Hello, everyone. Welcome to Poor Misery, a GH podcast. It's Tara. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, I've been gone. Um, I don't know. I would give y'all excuses, but <laughs> I did Sunday shift one week, and then I just didn't. I don't know why I didn't do it last week. I just didn't do it. It was a mess. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you know, I just be popping up. I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm back. I have stuff to say. I have things to say. Um, so, this, we, stuff has happened, um, things have gone down, uh, people were stabbed, (laughs) people were stabbed, oh my god, um, there's a hook, there's a happy hooker walking around Port Charles, if you're not caught up, and you don't know that reference, then you gotta look it up. But there's a happy, that's not my nickname. I wish I could claim it, but there is a happy hooker walking around, um, full of man pain this week. Spencer Cassidine, man pain. Um, hate to see it. Love to see it, but hate to see it. I'm gonna get into it. Um, Austin, they have Austin doing things. Um, he's got, a cousin that I, whose name I don't even know, um, I can't even think of a nickname for him, besides, like, creepy voice, like, creepy voice man, um, Sona was sona Nell showed up, uh, I mean, it was a ghost, I wish it was, I, I'm very torn with Nell, I'll get into that as well, um, but, yeah, let's get into it, chaos episode, because I have absolutely no notes. My fan is going on because I live in California. I live in Southern California, and it is too hot to not have a fan on. My headphones could die at any point, but let's do it. Okay, so chaos episode. So we're going to go by days because I'm literally looking at Hulu scrolling through the episode. We got Sona on my screen immediately, which is not how I needed to start my week. Sona. Ooh, there's dogs barking now. Ooh. <laughs> My attention span. Okay, like I said, chaos episode. Um, Sona. Sona is existing. I don't even know what Sona's doing this week. It was like, so Nina, okay, backtrack. Let's back it up, back it up, because we got to explain why Sona is where they are for any of this to make sense. So, Sona were at Hey Leo. Um, they weren't really at, I know you called my sister, the Elizabeth Weber slasher story. Um, I don't know if they left or (laughs) they were just making out wherever they were. I don't know where they, I can't remember where they landed to have their moment, but I'm pretty sure it was the kitchen. Maybe it was outside. I don't know. They want us to believe that. The Quartermain Mansion is the size of Disneyland, so <laughs> it could be anywhere. To be honest, it does not matter. But they weren't really a part of, I know you called my sister, the Liz Weber slasher film where Ava got stabbed. Um, I di- uh, Disclaimer, we have no idea if it's Elizabeth, but, you know, from all intents and purposes of my world, I would love that. I have a few people I wanted to be, I'll get into it. Um, and so they, they were doing whatever. 
um, there were some place, this is how much I care about Sona, <laughs> there were some place, and Sunny, because it was Sunny who finds out, Sunny finds out that Ava was stabbed, and so Nina was like, wait, me and Ava are BFFs for reasons that don't make any sense, but we just go with it, and so she runs over there, um, and She's giving a side eye to Nicholas, and I'm like, should you, do you know that you should, I guess Nina and Ava did have that scene at the bar, so I guess Ava knew something was up, because, or Nina knew something was up, because, like, Ava and Nina got such a weird friendship, like, every time one of them is happy, the other one is miserable, and so they're, like, weird hype buddies, I guess, I mean, you know, if you're here for it, then, you know, you could be here for it, I'm not coming for you, but, like, that's kind of what I've noticed, it's, like, when Ava's super happy with Nicholas, and, like, Nina's having problems with Sunny, and then when Nina's super happy with Sunny, Ava's having problems with Nicholas, and, like, that's their friendship, it's the only time they put them in scenes together, is to hype each other into doing probably not great shit, but, you know what, some people need friends like that, that's, like, kind of, like, the car Sam friendship, like, anytime Sam is doing something slightly shady, it's usually on behest of Carly, so, no judgment, no judgment, I love Carly and Sam, um, okay, moving on, let's get back where we were, so, Nina's at the hospital, she's side-eyeing Nicholas, um, Sonny and Nicholas just forever got beef, they are making the Sonny Nicholas beef way too much, like, I don't understand why they want to have, like, Neva and Sona in constant conflict with each other, and now, like, Sonny's Kappa for Ava, I'm getting ahead of myself, and so Sonny and Nicholas are, like, about to, like, squab NGH <laughs> over for reasons, for re- none of them have to do with Spencer, hmm. it's all Ava, this is why when I was on GA Sunday shift, I was like, Ava's like the heart and soul of PH, of PC all of a sudden, like, she's a heart and soul of poor Charles, she's like the mobbed up Lila Quartermain, and everybody fucking loves her, um, and so, I don't know, Sunny leaves to go get Avery, Avery sees her mom in a coma, I would have loved to see an actual Mora and, um, the twins, but, okay, we got, we got Avery and Sona, (laughs) okay, make it make sense, I do like that Avery was immediately sent to Carly's house, like, we know who's raising that child, it's a combination of Ava and Carly just teaming up together, because Sonny don't parent none of his kids, moving on, and so, Ava wakes up, Nina talks to Ava, Ava says that, like, Nicholas fuck Esme, so now she's, like, sus on her, and, um, I don't think that Ava gave Nina the tea, I'm not gonna lie, I don't be paying attention to Nina's scenes like that, you know, um, (laughs) sorry, y'all, and, but I'm pretty sure that she did not tell Nina, cause, like, ooh, immediately, Sunny just kicks in the door, <laughs> like, bah, I bought two wings in this hospital, I go in any door I want, and so, he comes in, he's like, what's up, Nina's like, we gotta go, they go to the metro court, and Sunny just immediately starts being like, tell me everything, you, there's no secrets, I can have secrets, but you can't, like, that's the Sunny Corinthian code, and so, she's like, look, I can't, and before they can really get into it, here comes Brooklyn, hey, <laughs> hey, and so, Brooklyn and Chase, Chaitlin, 
Chaylin. Chaylin is official. They got together at Hey Leo. Um, they're still giving them dumb, you know, shenanigan obstacles, but they, they made it official. So that's all that matters. But like Brooklyn, um, Chase got a gig at the Champagne Room through creepy sexual harasser producer. Um, but then he decides he's going to make Brooklyn his manager, but then really still believed that man would allow him to do that gig. Now, here's a couple of things. Here's a couple issues. Here's a problem. First of all, what the hell is wrong with you, Chase? That is not how this works. <laughs> the man got you the gig, and so he controls the gig, not you. Like, <laughs> But also, Curtis Ashford owns the champagne room. Chase knows Curtis. Why can't he just ask Curtis to perform? Why are they acting like Curtis, like the champagne room is super hard to book? Like, can't even get in there. Like, Cameron got in there. How did Cameron get in there? He don't have a manager. <laughs> make it make sense. But whatever. Brooklyn pretends to, like, look to, like, Nina um, to get Sonny to do things. What are Sonny Corinthos' powers? specifically like because like now all of a sudden he has power he has power over club promotion um but he couldn't find out where the illegal cell phone came from we had to go to selena Wu for that what are his powers to find them please and so whatever he's like yeah i could do that let's you let you have to the price what is the price is a double date he's trying to like latch Sona onto all the, like, couples that are being established, which is hilarious to me, um, and so Nina's like, I can talk to Curtis, because me and Curtis are best friends, okay, Curtis knows everybody in town, nobody needs Nina to get to Curtis Ashford, okay, like, stop talking about Curtis Ashford, like, he's some big-ass thing, some untouchable person, that you can't just walk up on the streets of Port Charles and be like, hey, bro, can you do this for me? Like, stop this. But whatever. Sona go to the champagne room. And um, Nina's like, hey, I'm happy for Trina. And now I have to leave. Goodbye. I'm not even going to talk about this. Um, she may have talked about this. I do not pay. Once again, I do not pay attention to Nina's scenes. But um, she, I did pay attention to the next month. She leaves. She's like, I got to go. All of a sudden, it's Nell's death day. <laughs> ah, the day Nell died. Like, what the hell? How... <laughs> This has been a continuous day. So, like, was it always Nell's death day? Or, like, did it just become Nell's death day? Because it was nighttime. And so, when were we going to establish that this was the day that Nell died? Um, Apparently at 7 o'clock at night. And so, ooh, that dog is going off again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My attention span is, I'm drinking a glass of wine while I'm doing this. So, my attention span is non-existent um but she decides that Nell matters once more just out of the blue and goes to her grave and like who shows up but Nell herself now it's not the real Nell (laughs) it's not the real Nell it's like an I've okay here's where I'm confused I don't know what it was because like if this was Sunny I would be like oh it's a ghost because Sunny can talk to ghosts but if this is Elizabeth, I'd be like, ooh, that bitch is crazy. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> Elizabeth insane. And so I'm not sure if magic touches Nina. That's all I'm going to say. So I can't accurately assess that this was Nell's ghost or if Nina is now Elizabeth Weber levels of crazy. So we're going to operate on both assumptions. So if it was ghost Nell, (laughs) ghost Nell came and was like, just to let you know, I was fucking crazy. I was insane. Like, I feel like you don't know me at all. And, like, they had... It was another moment where they were writing from the timeline. Once again, if you're not on Twitter, it's a, it's a space. It's a, it's a, it's a space. Um, but they were writing directly from the timeline because those are the things that people on Twitter complain about. That, like, you know, she knew Nell. They had chances to get to know each other. She had chances to have some magnetic motherly bond and she didn't do it and you know what she's also not doing it with willow like and i don't know if this is to say that these bonds don't exist because like it's not it's not unheard of it's not unthinkable and it's not a a knock on nina's character it's actually a, a soap trope for someone to not recognize their child and to actually be very very adverse to them at first you know like Alexis and Sam were had a very adversarial relationship um until years after they found out they were mother and daughter same with Bobby and Carly like these women did not recognize like oh you're my you're my child um every once in a while you'll have like um like with Sandy and Sandy I'm sorry with Sam and Danny um after Todd switched her baby um Todd, like, worked overtime to make sure Sam wouldn't see the baby because she knew she would potentially recognize it. And so, you know, obviously you have, like, the mother-infant bonds that they recognize. But, like, once you become an adult, like, ain't nobody recognizing nobody. And so it's one of those things, like, it's not, like I said, it's not a knock to Nina's character as much as how they write her character as if, like, you know... She didn't have these moments. She didn't have this chance. Like, Carly didn't steal a chance from her. You had years to get to know Nell to figure this out. And so, like, because Carly found out, you know, after, by the time Carly had known and was able to tell you, like, Nell had already ran off that cliff. And so, it's just a weird, but they had, you know, Nell come back and say it. And like I said, in that moment, it's actually better if Nell is a figment of her of her imagination because it's her sort of working through, you know, her own ambivalent feelings towards Nell. Like, I feel like there's this, there's this really misunderstanding about ambivalence or, like, the emotion of ambivalence. Like, it's not, you know, I don't care. That's not, it's quite the opposite. It's being conflicted about something. Um, and soaps don't really know how to show ambivalence really well. They show people going real hard for one thing and not being conflicted whatsoever. I think every once in a while they'll give characters those motivations. Like back in the day, like way, way back in the day with Sonny Corinthos, like ambivalence was one of his main emotions. That he was super torn about the business that like deep down he knew it was bad and deep down he wanted a, a legit life and he wanted to be a respectable person. But 
also he really fucking loved the power and was addicted to it. And so he's torn about this, you know. He can leave at any point at it. Like, once Corinthians Coffee becomes big, he can leave the mob at any point and go legit. But he does not want to leave, you know. That's the thing, is that, like, as much as he wants to leave, he does not want to leave. And that's the ambivalence of his character. We don't see it anymore, because now he's just, like, he's able to have it all. Um, but with Nina, like I said, if it's Ghost Nell just being crazy, like, <laughs> okay. But I think it's better if it's her own mind sort of wrestling with, like, her own idealized version of who Nell could have been with the reality of who Nell actually was. That's good storytelling. And if that's what they're doing, I think they're doing a good job with that. Because it's something that, you know, Nina should have been wrestling with. Since the day she found out Nell was her daughter, she has turned against that woman several times on for very justifiable reasons. They weren't misled reasons. Like, you had very good reasons to throw her out your life both times you did. And now you know she's your daughter. And you're wondering, like, if I wasn't... Because, like, that's the thing with Nina. Like, they don't really give her... Since Cynthia Watros has played, took over the role, they never give her a chance to really explore, you know, what she has lost. Like, it's not necessarily, because, like, I'll see some arguments on the timeline in regards to her coma. Now, like, the arguments being made aren't necessarily the best, in my opinion, because, like, your own emotional growth, that doesn't matter. Like, there's right and there's wrong. You can't just be like, well, I'm a stunted 22-year-old. That's not that's not anybody's problem but your own. Um, but I think that if you are constantly wrestling with what you lost and what you think you deserve, um, that's a real emotional roller coaster that'd be interesting to see with her. And I think we're starting to, I think with the right dialogue writers, we get to see that better with Nina. Like I said, I thought the Nell scenes were good. Um, I I didn't necessarily, I don't like how they write her with Nell, with Carly or Willow. Because it's one of those things where she didn't, you know, Nell, not Nell, Willow. Willow rolls through and she's like, hey, you know, hey, you okay? And... She, Nina assumes she's there to see, lay flowers on her baby's grave. She says, no, I'm here to see now. She knows what day it is, too. And, um, you know, Nina brings up how, like, Willow's trying to erase uh, Nell from Wiley's life. And it's like, girl, why you say that? Like, she's not coming at you. She's trying to be, you know, decent. It's a public space. It's the world's smallest fucking cemetery, so y'all have to run into each other, unfortunately. And, like, it's just a weird... I think rather than having a fight, they could have wrote Willow and Nina having a real conversation and connecting on something real. And having Carly overhear that and actually be conflicted because now she is keeping the secret to get back at Nina as opposed to protecting Willow. And so once she sees that there is actually room and inroads for Willow and Nina to actually form a connection, if they were to know about their relations, 
um, she can be ambivalent about that choice as well. That's the thing. It's like I said, they're just so insistent on making people so dead ass about their current position. Um, it makes the characters, and I mean all of them, it's like if you like a character, you will accept their hard-headedness and their bad behavior. But if you don't like a character, they just come across as hollow and fake and you don't buy any of that shit. And so it's one of, like I said, I think for what we've been given, like the Nell scenes were like a mile, miles above, you know, what we've been seeing. But there's still room to go and they really need to like invest less in this like Carly Nina rivalry and more in... Nina developing, like, her own motivations and, like, why she's doing all this. Is it just to get Sunny? Is it to avenge Nell? Is it to forge her own path in life? Like, those motivations for her are no longer clear. And so that's the one thing I would say for that. Let's move away from them. Uh, Let's do Spencer and his man pain. Excuse me. Uh... So, Ava is stabbed, and Portia is still like, let's have this party. And so, she looks great. She's like a freaking Greek goddess, you know? So, I was glad to see it and to receive it. But, um, Portia throws this party. Spencer crashes it, of course. Um, it has a sign that says close for a private party, so he is officially crashing that party. But, you know, whatever. He's a Cassidine. He doesn't need invitations. And, um... Trina is like, sir, I don't care about you being a Cassidyne. It turns out you do need invitations. So, um, I don't want to be friends, unfortunately. Like, I think that you are great, and I love your eyelashes, but, um, the thing we had going, it just, it was not a cute look. It was not a cute look. I'm sorry. Um, and, of course, Spencer's devastated. He had a letter he wanted to give her, and then he... It's, like, the weirdest, soapiest moment where, like, all of a sudden his fingers don't work. He's like, my hands! And, like, he drops the letter, and then Trina runs against it. It was a very cute moment. They were very cute with it. Um, but, you know, I just always, I always side-eye stuff like that. Like, oh, now your fingers don't work, Spencer? You don't know how to hold letters? Okay, sir. And so she grabs it, and, like, I just wanted her to rip it open. Like, just rip it open. Like, I got it. Um... But he, he's like, he says some stuff, and I'm not even really here for this. Here's what's up. He was just like, you're, we're not friends, and so you can't read the letter, because that was for my friend Trina. Like, my guy, you are not the victim here. Stop this. <laughs> Stop this. I would have just still given her the letter. I would have been like, you know what? I wrote this for you when we were friends, and I'm about to go to prison, and I have nothing to lose anymore so you take this and you do with it as you will what you will and Trina keeps it but she doesn't open it and he leaves and then you know man pain yelling at Nicholas I was here for it and then he goes to Pentonville and like she's with Ava Ava convinces her to read the letter and then she goes but it's too late and, you know, tears, heartbreak. But I think that would have been better than what we got. What we got was, uh, essentially, she gives that letter back and he burns it. 
Now, maybe it didn't all burn, you know, like this Port Charles, Brit Westbourne, Port Charles School of Burning Letters. Um, it could still be intact. It could still be intact. It could be fine. And she could still get it, you know. Um, but then we did have Ava just be like, girl, he's feeling you. That's what's up. That's what's up. Excuse me. He's feeling you. So, what you about to do? Your cop boyfriend wears green t-shirts to court. So, you know, I used to be a mobster. You know, I don't date cops. And, you know, horny priests, yes. Serial killers, yes. But, like, cops, never. And so, like I said, Trina gets to the police station too late. And, like, Rory... Let's talk about Officer Green Shirt. Officer Green Shirt, I do not care for him being like, hey, your family name won't help you in this situation. I have a CEO friend also. What's going on with you and Trina? That's what, those are called threats. Stop this. Stop it. This is not appropriate conversation. And then, like, he tells Jordan, who's like, yeah, that's fine. Girl, it's not fine. Okay, it's not fine. Stop this. <laughs> Stop this. Um, I think there was, like, sort of conversations on the timeline about, like, whether or not it's controlling, whether or not, like, he should. I just think the issue with Officer Greenshirt is always going to be that we don't know enough about him. Like, we don't know any of his motivations. And so, at a certain point, anything he does seems like it's in conjunction to Trina because his whole character is centered around her um which is a major issue and so I don't know if it was appropriate because I know nothing about him like maybe no like I can understand if you feel some type of way you feel like competition like if you really like somebody and you think that you and them have a chance not that like you're actively keeping two people who love each other apart but you believe that like you actually have a chance with this person if this like person going to prison let's just keep in 100 um can just give you a chance then like maybe you go and talk to them about it um you should talk to your partner you should be honest with your partner and be like this is how I'm feeling and not keep that bottled up because that cannot be good for your relationship too um, but I don't know, it's so weird, they don't invest in him, so it's like, he's not even worth talking about, like, <laughs> he was at the party, they danced, like, we add that to what they consider his backstory, graphic novels, green t-shirts, and dancing, brownies, you know, he's a cop. Moving on, um, but yeah, Spencer's in jail, it's so sad, ah! um, Cameron had a moment, um, he, him and his band performed, it was very cute, it was very cute, uh, what else happened, oh yeah, Sasha, oh, Sasha Unchained, Sasha is, like, everyone is trying to Britney Spears her, like, from her husband to her business partners, like, they're all trying to Britney Spears her, and she is flipping tables, she is popping off, and I have to say, I'm 100% team Sasha. I'm like, yes, queen. Don't let them cage you, queen. Fight all of them. I spent every day in prison. Like, Sasha is like 
the model version of Nelson Mandela right now. Like, honey, go to jail. Honey, go to jail. You are a political fucking prisoner right now. Like, I am team Sasha Gilmore. Not Sasha Corbin. We don't know him. Sasha Gilmore. Free Sasha Gilmore from these haters. Why is she not allowed to be crazy? Why is she not allowed to pull a Charlie Sheen and be on drugs? Like, because she got money? Like, Elizabeth Weber gets to set billions on fire. <laughs> she was fine. So, no, 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 no. Free Sasha. Lucy, why you do that in public? Girl. Girl. Lucy did not have a good week. <laughs> Let's jump to Lucy real quick. Free Sasha. Lucy went from you know, pretty much getting beat up by Sasha in the Port Charles Grill. Verbally, emotionally, spiritually, just destroyed by Sasha. And then when it got threatened by Victor, just like, he was like, oh, don't play games with me. (laughs) And she just left the week with Anna like, bitch, what am I doing? (laughs) I'm not about to die for you in Valentine's foreplay. (laughs) <laughs> Lucy, my guy, like, Lucy, run. Lucy, you in danger, girl. <laughs> a mess. A mess. Um, what else is happening? I'm trying to just go through episodes. Like, Hulu does this thing where it's got to show you, like, a five-second unnecessary clip that you watch at your hospital, like, I knew I was watching General Hospital. I did not. I did not need a, a thing. I don't know why Willow Dream. I just. I popped up on Tuesday's episode. Sorry. This chaos. Chaos. I don't know why Willow dreamed about murdering Michael and Carly, but it was the funniest thing I'd ever fucking seen. <laughs> I was like, is this like the Riverdale bullshit where she got the serial killer gene? Like, why is she murdering Car- Carly and Michael? Now, I know some of y'all were living for it. <laughs> Some of y'all were living for it, but for some reason, Willow was having dreams about killing Michael and Carly. Um, moving on, uh, chaos. Ooh, chaos is in trouble. Jocelyn is just feeling the hell out of um, baby Jason, and so. <sighs> Jex rising. Jex rising. That's the only thing we can say there. Uh, what else happened? Austin and his cousin, they are a red herring. You know what? Let's get to the happy hooker story. Happy hooker. There's a happy hooker running around Port Charles hooking people. And so, the first person hooked was, um, the first person hooked with Ava, don't know why, and they have Austin and his cousin doing things that none of us care about, but I swear to God, they're a red herring, and I need it to be Elizabeth Weber who's doing this, because that would be amazing. Um, there are rumors to, like, exits coming, and these are all rumors until, you know, until I see a body in a bag, I'm not gonna believe nothing. But the rumor is that Brando is about to get hooked. And so, Brando might get hooked. Um, who else is on the chopping block? Um, Ken. Uh, so, Scott might get hooked. People, uh, he has some, 
some wild tweets on the timeline a few weeks ago. And so people think it might be in regards to that, him learning that his character um, is going to be hooked by Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> we don't know if it's Elizabeth. I'm just joking. Uh, Bobby. Ooh, because we've seen a lot of Bobby. Like, oh, it's making me nervous. Um, who else? Like, now I'm going into straight speculation. Um, Schmoltz because he's been popping up more. And if they were to hook Brando and then Schmaltz, it would make Sasha look guilty. That would make Sasha look guilty as hell, because she's un- unchained. And so, uh, yeah, those are some of the people. Um, everyone else is just people People were throwing on there. They were like, hook this person. Um, like, another person I would accept as the happy hooker would be Britt. If, like, her Huntington is kicking in, I talked about this on Sunday shift, and she could just hook Stable Baby right off the show. Um, but that's what's happening with that. No clue what's going on, and to be honest, neither do the writers, so let's just keep that 100. Um, what else happened? Okay, um, we had a, a Robert and Anna moment. It was very cute. Anna said she needs the black book. She needs this black book they met at Peter's graffiti-ass grave. Now, it, as funny as that moment was, Peter August is not important enough to hate like this. Like, if we not leaving hate effigies and burning shit, leaving bags of burning shit on the Cassidines fucking castle on Spoon Island, we damn sure not, de- like, uh, defacing Peter August's grave. No, there have been way worse people in Port Charles than Peter August. Like, calm down, Chris. Like, you didn't create a baddie. You created a freaking <laughs> irritating-ass character we begged you to get rid of. And so, they meet at the grave, and, you know, Robert tries to, like, strong-arm his way into this investigation, and is like, sir, we won't be doing that, no. And then it ends with him you know, him being like, girl, I'm always gonna be here for you, take this quarter, it was a whole cute moment, um, Sante moved in together, they had to prop stable baby, a lot of stable baby propping, a lot of Sunny propping, Sunny was just unchained this week, he was everywhere and not doing a goddamn thing, like, first, Sunny was at the Metro Court trying to get tea from Nina, then he was getting into a fight with Curtis at the Champagne Room. Then he was getting into a fight with Victor at the Port Charles Grill. Um, before that, he was kicking in the door at Sante's house, getting into a fight with Stable Baby. Why is Sonny like this? Like, he is so combative for no reason. He is literally just going around like a fucking menace, just menacing around Port Charles, fighting people. He fought everyone during Hey Leo, he fought everyone this week, he tried to fight Nicholas, he came into Ava, all of a sudden he taps for fucking Ava Jerome, I guess fuck Connie, fuck Morgan, fuck all these people, we cap for Ava now, make it make sense, like, what is Sonny's function, like, that's my main question, what is Sonny's function, because he has 112 episodes, he is now a week and a day ahead of Laura Wright, as head of Carly, and y'all don't think she worth a goddamn, so y'all tell me what the fuck Sonny's doing, and because I tell you what he's not doing, anything for Spencer, so, gonna leave you with that, moving on, uh, ugh, 
we they are pushing the hell out of stable baby. They are pushing the hell out of stable baby. They have decided that stable baby matters and he like all these women want to cap for him and date him. Why are we doing this? I'm so irritated by this. You have like Felicia capping for him. Like I get that you cheated on Mac with like twelve different people, girl. But why? Why? You don't know anything about him. You just murdered a man for your daughter. And now you're like, let me bring this whole ass bum into our lives. Make it make sense. <laughs> Shouldn't Mac be the one? Like, I gotta get to know him. He could be my son. And Felicia be like, mm, the last time we let a whole ass bum into this family, I had to murder him with a tire iron. Can we think about this? Then you have... Sam being like, I like Sable, baby. I think he's funny. He's cool. Even though Peter framed Sam and put her in jail for murdering Shiloh, you would think that Dante, the childhood friend of Sable, baby, would be like, I like Sable, baby. He's cool. And Sam would be like, mm, I don't know. Last time I let a basic-ass, bum-ass bitch in too deep, I ended up in prison for months. So, mm, I don't know. And then you have Britt. Who's the the sister of Peter August? Just being like, oh well, we don't know, yada yada. And Maxie's trying to fuck him, but now she don't know because he said some shit about Mac. Because Mac's investigating both the happy hooker and whether or not this bum ass basic bitch is his son. Like this whole storyline, it is exhausting in Port Charles. And I say that with the full hearted endorsement for y'all to watch the last few weeks of, of DH. I think they've been really, really, really great. Like, compared to where we have been, they are fantastic. Um, I probably have left out so much stuff. I'm sorry if I did. Uh, this was a spontaneous chaos episode. Um, but once again, this has been a really, really great few weeks. These are the weeks we should have gotten, like, several sweeps events that should have happened this year. But whatever, I'm just gonna let them do them. They're doing it. They're killing it. So, thank you for listening. Um, if you want a way more in-depth, uh, breakdown of this show, uh, go ahead and listen to GH Sunday Shift. Um, I'm pretty sure Brit from PC Rewind, another great podcast about Port Charles, the old spinoff from uh, General Hospital, is going to be go, uh, guest co-hosting, so it's going to be a real fun episode. But yeah, check those out um, on all platforms that podcasts are available. Same with this one. Uh, if you want to leave me a review so more people can check it out, that'd be great. I heard that's something people should be I should be telling y'all to do, so I guess do that. But yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, have a great week. I'll see you next time. I never know how to end these things by y'all. <laughs>